Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com backslash Grace P. That's BetterHelp.com slash Grace P. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of 20-something. I have another guest on today. I have Lexi Johnson, um, and I found Lexi through First Form, as I have had my other guests on, basically everyone from First Form so far. Um, you guys can't tell, it's one of my absolute favorite companies out there. But uh, Lexi is here today. I'm very, very excited. Thank you so much again, Lexi. Um, I will have you kind of do a little intro and tell tell everyone who you are. Yeah, I'm super flattered to be asked. We're excited to be here. So thank you. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm Lexi. I'm Lexi Johnson. I am out of Missouri, close to the Kansas City area, really. Um, but my story, as Grace had mentioned, we met more through First Form. And that's a great pool of people to, to kind of, um, you know, be drawn to. I think that it just it is such a contagious culture and it really draws people that I want to be you know learn from and associate with so I totally understand having that um your your guest pool being mostly first form people um so I'm a first form athlete uh but it's kind of a, a roundabout way of getting to here getting to this point so I'm excited to share a bit of that journey because the 20 something podcast I think it's that like ambiguous area of your life where you're simultaneously supposed to have it all figured out, but it's okay if you don't, and you're getting information, you know, from both ways and there's no like manual. So mm -hmm. I, um, I am, like I said, a first form athlete. I own my own business and have a team of my own, uh, staffing, but I was definitely just a few years ago, no idea what I was going to do. I was working as a dental hygienist, um, and really the only reason I did that was because I had graduated from college with a degree that I didn't really have any idea of how to use. It was more of like a degree to get another degree. Um, so I literally, I was like newly married, got married right out of college uh, to my college sweetheart. And I was just like lost, so unfulfilled. And I felt even like a bum because I wasn't contributing toward, you know, my student debt or anything. My husband already had a job. So I Googled like, what jobs can I get with a health science degree? And most of them were like, you need to go back to school. So I went to um, an accelerated program for dental hygiene. And I was like, well, I mean, at least you, it has good hours. I'm not going to have to work on holidays. I won't have to work nights or weekends, which is comical mm -hmm. knowing what I do now where I'm like, the, it never shuts off, but yeah. it's an entirely different 
thing now because I'm so fulfilled by what I do. But at that point, I was just like, kind of just relegated to this is going to be my life. I'm going to clock in from nine to five and I'll pay my debts, you know, and that'll be it. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a while. And it really just like, I was drained, you know, I was unfulfilled. And I look back now and I'm like, I, I, it's, it's just such a growth period in such a short amount of time. But throughout that time, you know, it was the start of the pandemic and I was just working out at my normal gym. Like my husband and I worked out at a gym as most of us do. Mm -hmm. And the gym shut down with COVID and actually never shut or opened back up. So it closed down completely. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, we just started working out from our basement. Um, and I'm sitting in it now because we've renovated it and it's like where I work and record my workouts. I have my desk and a little office set up down here, but at the time it was like completely bare bones, concrete walls. I joke that it looked like a scene from saw. Like it was, (laughs) it was pretty brutal. Um, but I'm like, everyone's working out in a, in a janky little setup. So I'm not alone. We had like Facebook marketplace dumbbells and I had a very like modest following on Instagram, probably 3000 people, but I'm like, I'll start posting videos. And I was terrified. Um, like how embarrassing I, I wanted people to see them, but then I posted them and would take them down after 20 minutes and be like, it's so embarrassing. People saw those, <laughs> um, but, um, so I started putting myself out there. I only put it on it on stories. Cause I'm like, okay, if I make it last 24 hours, at least they'll go down after 24 hours. I don't have to, you know, stick with my guns for longer and it'd be stuck on my page because at that point it was so much of a, like you're a dental hygienist, you're you have a, a regular job, a quote unquote regular job. What are you doing? Why are you like acting like an influencer, acting like anyone cares what you're doing in your basement? Right. And I think that a lot of us can get, especially if you're in this field or if you're just like doing something that's against the grain or just not your typical um, route post-college or really in life at all. And it was a lot of feedback that like hurt my feelings a lot because it was people that I thought were my friends or that I thought should support me or would support me. And that really wasn't the the feedback that I got from a lot of people that I expected to. But um, luckily I have the best partner. Uh, my husband is amazing. And he was like, who cares? Like if, if it's something that makes you happy, do it. And for that, like those little engagements that I did get, those little interactions with people where they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you're saving me with these workouts because now I'm working from home and I'm teaching my kids from home. And it's wild to look back on that time because everything was from home. We were trapped in these walls and it was crazy, but it was something that we were all navigating together. So I thought for a second, I'm like, I mean, everybody's doing it. So why not like help the people? It's a really good way to get people that just need a change that need a way to get their foot in the door in their health and wellness. So I started the Lexi J wellness program and it's full length recorded workouts. Um, as you can tell from this little monologue, I'm really good at talking to myself. So, um, for 28 minutes every day, uh, a lot of women listen to me talk and we work out like we're in the same room together. Um, and it's been amazing. So that's what I do full time. And yeah, it's, it's awesome. I can go into, yeah, I'll just let you take it. That was a really long introduction. No, that was awesome. I loved that. Um, how did you figure out that dental hygiene wasn't what you wanted to do. And then you started to dabble a little bit in the fitness world. Um, I mean, like I never, even going through dental hygiene school, I was miserable. I hated the process. Uh, but I just always felt like it was an ends to a means and, or a means to an end. And unfortunately, I think that that's a lot of how we view jobs and careers because 
more often than not, like when you were kids, you are told that you can do whatever you want. But then when you look at the people around you that are asking you that, they are not fulfilled in their work and they're not doing the things that they would want to do or that if they had, you know, all um, risks aside that they would be doing and they would choose. So I felt like that was just kind of the path that we take. Like, you know, you get a, a steady job, you get a stable security um, job, and then like you live your life and you can enjoy the little pockets of time outside of your job. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was thinking. And then like, as I was doing that and just posting my silly little Instagrams and getting those little interactions, I was like, that lit a fire under me. And at the same time, which I should definitely mention because it was transformational for it all. Um, my dad was undergoing a lifestyle change of his own. And if you go to my Instagram, I have it pinned. There's a video, um, that I just talk about my dad and he was like a huge, huge part of that because throughout my childhood and really up until like up until I was probably 23 or 24, um, he was extremely overweight and had a lot of health issues. He had actually had four heart attacks and it was just like, it's, it was a conversation that we continually had where I'm like, you have to do something or else you're not going to be here to walk me down the aisle. You're not going to be here to see my kids. And it was just like, it never got through to him. And it was so frustrating, basically just trying to convince him to care about something that he really should care about. Mm -hmm. And finally, um, when I was in college, I had wrote him a letter and I left it on his nightstand when I went back to spread before I went back for Thanksgiving break. And I, it was basically like, um, you know, this is my last Hail Mary just for you to do something because I, I'm tired of caring about this more than you care about it. And it really, it struck home with him. It took a little bit even after, cause he finally called me back when I was at school, we talked about it. And even a- after having that conversation and him being like, okay, we're going to get serious about it. It still took a long time, but over the the span of the next few years, he really started to buckle down and change his life. And he lost a hundred pounds. And when he hit the hundred pound mark, he gave me that letter back, which was really cool. So in seeing that, I just saw his entire life transform. He got a promotion at work. Um, his relationship with my mom was completely like rejuvenated and they were, you know, just, they enjoy their company more. He had so much more energy. He was playing around with my nieces and nephews. And I was like this, he was reborn. Like this was crazy just to see the confidence shift in him. And I saw that. And I was like, if I can be a part of anything like that, then I want, I'm in. And mm-hmm. I just didn't get that with dental hygiene. You have like a sense of, you know, gratification scene and helping people smile and things like that. But once I had a taste of just watching his confidence transform, I was like, that's, that's what I need. It sounds cheesy, but I'm like, that is what I was made to do. Yeah. Um, so then I just want it all in. That's awesome. I love that story. I've seen that post on your Instagram and um, that's a tearjerker for sure. It's so cool that you have that like story with your dad. I love that so much. Um, when did you kind of figure out or decide that you were going to leave your quote unquote stable job to pursue what you do now? Yeah, I had done that. Um, so I was balancing Lexi J wellness in my, my normal job for about 10 or 11 months when I went full time, which is not a long time in the grand scheme of things you hear about people doing that for years on end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, they were long, long days because I was commuting an hour to that job, mm-hmm. um, practically just working two full-time jobs. But towards the end, it really just became more of like a, is the time I'm dedicating to dental hygiene worth the, the, I mean, the time that I'm, I could be dedicating to like J wellness because right. we were gaining traction at that point. And I was like, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm sacrificing more than anything to, to go to this job nine to five to clean 
clean teeth and take x-rays. And then like every waking moment in between, whether I was between patients or over my lunch break or before and after work, I was spent, you know, pouring into my business. I'm like, I, th- I really think that this could take off and I could, you know, dedicate even more time and effort and really change even more lives if I had more time. Um, right. So it was more of like a, like a pros and cons list on whether it, it weighed out what effort I was putting into dental hygiene and just the time factor. It was huge. Mm-hmm. When you did make that decision, did you ever like have the feeling of like, oh shit, did I make the right decision? And like, if so, like, how did you almost like convince yourself to just keep going? Cause I feel like at like, I'm 23 and I've had so many friends who are like, yeah, I want to pursue this and I want to do that, but I need to be financially stable or I need this job to fall back on and I don't have the time. And like, I've kind of taken that extra step and they're like, aren't you scared? Like, what about this? What about I'm like, yeah, but I, I'm just kind of going with it right now. But like, what, like, what kind of helped you go past that and know, like, I'm going to do this? Yeah. So it's funny that you asked that because I, had put in my notice and it was like, okay, April 6th was going to be the day. It was a day that I was looking forward to, you know, I had had it in the back of my head, like when I was going to put in my notice. So I had known earlier than those two weeks, but the two weeks that I could like actually talk about it. And, you know, my coworkers knew that I'd be out. I like was so, so excited. And I just felt like I was going to wake up April 6th and just be like through the roof. So excited. And I woke up and my schedule at that point was like, I would wake up and record at 4am and like record my Alexa J wellness workouts, get ready for work, drive to work, you know? And I did the, the early morning workout routine. And I like had a horrible workout because I was so in my head and I got done with that workout. And I remember I just like burst into tears and I was like, this was not how today was supposed to feel. I built it up so much in my head and I'm terrified. I'm like, I'm jumping ship, uh, to do this thing where I'm just like in this, janky dungeon looking basement. And I remember looking around at the time and it was like bare walls. And I had these lights set up and like a whiteboard propped up with a dumbbell. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Who do I think I am that I can do this? And I just remember like I was in tears, so anxious about the decision. And then on my way to the, on my way to work, I was like, okay, well, maybe it's a good thing that I'm a little scared because then it tells me just like, the the severity of this and like the opportunity so I remember someone telling me like anxiety and excitement feel the same it's just like depending on what you think about and how you frame it in your head so I am a big believer that if you like don't talk to yourself you're going to end up listening to yourself so out loud I was saying in my car I'm like I'm so excited for today today's going to be a great day it's going to like I cannot wait for today and it really just kind of like flipped that switch and that's something I do every single day I'm like talking to myself down here Um, but I was, I was terrified because there's always that, that chance. And there still is that it's something's going to backfire. The other shoe's going to drop, but I just think that I couldn't handle asking what if, or wasting any more time, um, you know, for all of my ducks to be in a row or waiting for the perfect time, because I don't think that that really exists. Um, so I just figured I had to jump. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. What, um, what kind of helped you, continue to get to where you are now because people especially in the fitness space I feel like everybody thinks they can just start a business in fitness and nutrition and you did something that went 
so many miles past that with Lexi J wellness. And now you're a first form athlete. Like, how did you continue to build on that and believe in yourself to, I mean, like I was looking through your, your Instagram. And I remember when I saw that you like the first form athlete of the year and you posted that you had that little thing that sell for sell was going to call you one day and that's how it was going to happen. Like, how did that, how did you get from there to first form athlete? Yeah. Um, I truthfully, and I don't mean this like, um, you know, begging for compliments or anything like that. Like I truly am not the best athlete. I am definitely not the most savvy on Instagram or anything like that, but like, I genuinely care about my people so, so much. And I think that that comes through and something that Sal said when he announced it, he was like, I hear anytime I run into this individual's clients and they tell me about her, like they can, they're proud of that. And that's something like the culture and the community that we've built. So honestly, like it's a little selfish for that to be like a singular title because it's, it definitely belongs to the mass of Lexi J wellness because they're a force. Um, But it's really just like, one individual conversation and one individual, you know, interaction and just like genuinely caring about the other person on the other side of it. And I think that I have the unique vantage point in seeing my dad's life transformed and just understanding that there's a real individual that, that is impacted by this change. But more than that, it's, it doesn't stop with them. Um, it stops or like it continues on to their kids and their spouse and their employees. And that person, they, they talk in the grocery store, like that domino effect ripples, throughout their entire life. So I'm like, if I can just be more intentional with one relationship and then I'll just focus on the next one when it comes to me. But Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times, especially in fitness, you want to like reach the masses, but you, the approach is at a shallow and superficial, um, approach. Whereas if you just focus on diving in on one person and you genuinely want to change their life and you want to make that interaction, the best one then it's going to the word of mouth will travel. And that's really how we built what we've built so far. Um, but it truly is like, I could not do it without the community. I think that that's why it's so special. I'm not too naive to believe that like the workouts are revolutionary or anything like that. I just think that, um, the culture is really special and we've built something that people want to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How did you find first form? Um, so there's a supplement store in my town. Um, and I had been introduced to first form in 2018. Um, it's kind of funny because, I had applied to be a legionnaire three times and I got denied three times. Um, so I was like, well, I mean, oh I guess gosh. it's not meant to be. Um, so I started Lexi J wellness. And I remember like the third time I got denied, my husband, Brett was like, well, I mean, they're going to wish one day that and I, he was like, just saying that to make me feel better. But he's like, one day they're going to wish they would have said yes. And I was like, yeah, that that's, that'll happen. Right. And so we started Lexi J wellness and then a year later, like I did my first, um, group get together or my first anniversary event, we had done a couple like small get togethers, my first anniversary event. And I had just asked someone that I knew that like sold first form through their CrossFit gym. I was like, would you just like do a little table that way they can have supplements at my anniversary event. Mm -hmm. And she had asked her Legionnaire coach to come, um, from HQ and he had come and he was like, wow, you like, you have a a good community. Would you ever be interested in working with us? And I'm like, man, I've been trying. (laughs) I really have. Uh, so that's when I like first officially became part of the brand. Um, but it's kind of funny and I'm glad like looking back, it gave me a lot better perspective to the, an appreciation for like that title. And it gave, makes me like wear first form much more proudly because I feel like I had to work a lot harder for it. Yeah. 
No, that's so cool. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's kind of funny. You tried yeah. to get in so many times. Um, were you, did you have a fitness background before you started like posting or was it kind of just like, Oh, I like, I kind of like this. Um, I was super active. I always did sports and I was successful at that in high school, but like during college, I really went on like full party mode and was not interested at all. Yeah. And then I got back to it after I had gotten married, just because I was like, I, I know I find fulfillment out of that. I know I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And I had, I had just moved to a new place that I didn't really know anyone. I had no relationships and I was newly married. So there was just like so many changes and I graduated early uh, from college. So I'm like, all my friends are still at college and they're still living that experience. And now I'm in this new city with my husband where I know no one. And I'm like, I just need to dive into something where I feel like me again. And that's really like how I got back introduced to weightlifting. And I'm so glad I did, but yeah, I was just organized sports is really it. Um, and the conditioning and weightlifting part of it was just more of like, you know, the, the means to the ends in order to get in better shape for sports. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, um, before you kind of mentioned like when you were starting out and just like posting things and there was a little bit of like backlash from people that you thought would be supportive, how did you deal with that? And like, even maybe still deal with it or like push past that um, to be able to continue to build what you have? It's been really hard and I'm not going to lie. It's still as hard because those comments still haven't stopped. They've definitely lessened and I don't think they're as direct as they were. I'm sure that they're like still in the background somewhere, mm -hmm. but I think that it just has, you have to understand that like other people usually say those out of for a number of reasons. A lot of it's projection that they're just not happy in their situation, but a lot of it is just like they expected or perceived you to do something else. And is in that sense, like a lot of it came from friends or family that they saw me going to chiropractor school, or they saw me going to something like a professional nine to five or something that would make a lot of sense if they told, Hey, Lexi does this or whatever. So it was kind of like a disappointment that I had gone a non-traditional path or maybe just I think that it was like, it was out of protection for me thinking that I would fail. And maybe yeah. if they like gently let me down or in their eyes, it was gentle uh, that I would save myself a lot of embarrassment or failure, heartbreak in the long term. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that, I don't think that it's often like said in a, you know, mean way, or it's meant to tear you down. I just think that people have a lot of perception about what you should be doing, especially if you've lived a certain way up until then. And then you kind of change path. Um, but I think you just have to understand that, that the life you're living is meant to, to fulfill you and what you find joy in and, you know, find fulfillment in. Otherwise you're, you know, playing out someone else's plot. That's not going to find, or that's not going to bring you any sort of joy. And that's a hard thing that you have to draw boundaries with, but it gets easier. The more you say, you know, or the more you draw the line. And sometimes that just means that like, you have to cut people off. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be a, like super dramatic or anything. It doesn't have to be a f formal notice, but I think that just cutting those people off that maybe don't grow with you or don't support that, yeah. that growth for you. Yeah. Have you always had that mindset or was that something that you built from like experience or people you were around? it's definitely been um, cultivated because like in college, I was definitely like a go with the flow or just, I wanted to be the 
I wanted just to fit in. I mm-hmm. didn't have a great time in high school, especially with other girls. So in college, I got a big group of girlfriends and it was fun just to be included and supported. And I think that because my identity up until then had been much like sports related and towards that success where in college, I was just kind of floating. I didn't have anything that I was like super great at or that I excelled at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just, I belonged and that felt really good. But when you graduate and especially if you graduate earlier and I got married where none of my other friends did that, I was like automatically, um, you know, separated from the tribe, which is a, an exposing feeling. And there's this thing, um, it's called a tall poppy syndrome. And it's like, I can't remember where it derives from, but basically like in a poppy field, if one poppy grows up too high that they cut it down because they want them to be the same height. And the, you know, the extrapolation there is just that if you start to, you know, separate from the tribe and really start to stand out, the people are going to cut you down. Um, and that's something that I've like grown and strengthened over time because it is, it's exposing and it's awkward. There's that like no man's land that Andy Frisella always talks about on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't relate. I, I relate so much to that. I think so many people have such a limiting mindset, especially like at my age, it's because they've never seen anything else. They've never known any different. And people are always like, how do you, how do you get to the point where like, you just know that you can do that. And I have a hard time explaining that. And that's why I usually ask people on my podcast, like, how did you figure out that belief within yourself and just stick to it because people are like, aren't you scared? Or um, nobody's ever done that, that came from this town or that's not really the normal thing to do. Um, So like that belief, like, is that something where you were like, yeah, I can do this? Or were you more so like, okay, do I need to see other people doing it? Or how did that kind of cultivate I, it's hard looking back because I would like to say like, I had this unshakable belief from the beginning, but I, I don't know that I saw it happening, playing out the way that it has like full transparency. Looking back, I would love to be like, I knew these this entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been like scary and I've really just learned as I've gone. Uh, I still have so much that I'm like constantly learning and adapting to, but I think that it just like comes back to like, extreme curiosity. And I think that I'm just like very, very curious about what the potential is. And I think that we cap ourselves out or just limit, like you had said, having that limited mindset of whatever the ceiling is that those that came before us, like that's, that's the only extent that we can grow. And I am just like, I'm not okay with settling on that. I'm not okay with, um, you know, just yeah, settling for that standard where I, I feel like that I'm capable than more. And it might be like a a blind optimism, but I think that, you know, so far the people that continue to stretch and, um, you know, pull from their, their own capabilities, they continue to grow. And I think that I like, I don't have to have someone that looks just like me or came from somewhere just like I did, um, to do it. But I do, I just like draw a lot of inspiration in the fact that people do crazy, incredible things every single day. And I don't think that there's anything stopping it from being us. Yeah, absolutely. What would you, what kind of advice would you give to somebody that is wanting to start in like a, like be a legionnaire per se, per se, like what would, what advice would you give to somebody that 
is in the Legionnaire program or is new and really like wants to build a culture like you built or be successful the way that you are? Absolutely start with the people and just start with one person. There is no shame in saying that you have a small quantity of people, but they care so much about you. I think that that is much more like there's way more to hang your hat on there than to say that you have like a huge, massive following, but they don't know anything about you and they don't care about you. And at the end of the day, you really don't care about them. But if you know genuine information about them and if you can like talk to them like a friend and they know that they can trust you, then you have that person for life. They know that they can take advice from you. And that's what it starts with. It's before they'll take advice for you from you, as far as like a nutrition or exercise standpoint, they have to know that you care about them as a person, that you want the best for them and their family. And that's why you're in it. And I think that that has, that has served me really well. And that's like what I look to build my team on as well. It's just those same people that want to contribute, um, just a contribution mindset, mm-hmm. seeing what you can give to the people. Cause I just, I have, um, that unshakable belief that it'll come back as long as I'm, you know, taking care of my people that they'll take care of me in the end. Yeah. Awesome. What would you tell somebody like my age that is really wanting to pursue their dream? That is not the typical from what everybody tells you to do, but they're scared and they don't really know if it's the right thing to do. I think there's only one way to find out and it's just to do it. It's scary and it's scary for everyone, but I listened to a podcast recently earlier this week and it was someone that's like uber successful in the motivational speaking world. Mm -hmm. And he had said something like they were interviewing him and he was like, if you would have listened to me at the start, it would give everyone a lot more hope for themselves. And I think that has to be true for everyone. So you just have to know at the beginning that everyone is scared and everyone's figuring it out. And we're all just kind of like trying to get our one foot in front of the other but eventually you do figure it out. And it's a matter of just continuing to chip away and put the pieces together consistently and having that, you know, that drive from day to day and just understanding that it's the boring stuff that will make it worth it in the end. But I think that if you can imagine that everyone that was great started in a similar point as you, like no one woke up as Steve Jobs. Um, So it gives you a lot more hope and perspective and just understanding that like, you know, it's manageable. You just take it one by one day at a time. And if you focus on the days, the years will take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the you said the boring stuff, and I was going to ask you about this eventually too, but like, what are your non-negotiables? Like, what are the things that you do every single day that keep you disciplined, consistent, moving forward? I feel like that's something nobody ever talks about. And that's something I learned when I started with First Form. I was like, non-negotiables, I don't really know what that is. But now it's something that's instilled in my life every day. But people my age are like all over the place. Um, So what are yours? And like, how did you kind of decide that's what's going to keep me grounded and keep me disciplined and moving forward? I, it's crazy because in college, I would have like sworn that a nine o'clock class was like the middle of the night. That was basically the crack of dawn to me. It was so early, which is embarrassing. But now you know, I work from home, but I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. And I think that that is just a singular act of discipline. And it's not for everyone, but that is one thing that was really hard for me to cultivate. But now that I do it, I'm like, every single day that I get up and I start my day the same way, it doesn't have to be a super lengthy morning routine, but like flexing that little discipline muscle every day, putting my feet on the ground and then just letting my day take me from there. That like is a notch in my belt automatically. So I wake up early. Um, and even on the weekends, we wake up pretty early, uh, but not 
to that extent. Um, I think a big one for me also, and my husband does this well, we start our day reading every morning. Um, we had initially like implemented that into our routines when we started 75 hard, just reading nonfiction, uh, typically self-development or, you know, business strategy, tactical books. Mm-hmm. And we do that every day. And it's like my favorite part of the day also, because I don't touch my phone yet. I'm like, not in my email because once you open that, um, Pandora's box, then it's like, it's no going back. And you essentially have a, a to-do list for you created by everybody in your inbox. But if you start that and it's just like the insertion of positive or just like stimulating content, you know, you're thinking about things that you wouldn't otherwise, because you're likely just scrolling through Instagram or TikTok, like, like it's the morning news. But if you do that, I think that, that again, just like starts my day on the right note and it starts it on my terms, which is important because so many of us do not start our own days, like on our terms, we wake up to, you know, an influx of information and content and text messages and notifications from people that don't always have your best interest in mind. And I think that it's important just to like, you know, be in your own head first thing. Mm -hmm. And then just some sort of movement. I've gotten really into rucking this past year, uh, just getting outside. Something I talk about on my Instagram all the time is getting your ass outside because I, if I don't, I will be in this seat from like dusk till dawn. Um, so I need to get outside and need to get fresh air and sunlight, um, just some sort of movement. Obviously I record workouts, um, almost every day we have six workouts a week. Um, but yeah, movement. I, I like the early mornings and reading and then good nutritious food. There is such a game changer. And that's the hardest thing for me is nutrition because I'm an overeater and I love junk food and sweets just like anybody else. But (laughs) that is one thing that I'm like, when I'm on my nutrition game, I feel bulletproof. Yes. (laughs) I think anybody that has ever dabbled in that area can agree. Like, yeah, it can be tedious and it can suck sometimes, but when you're actually putting good food into your body, you feel 10 times better and everything is just easier. Yeah. Like it's so much better and not just like energy wise, but also I'm like, dang, so I can do this, which gives you the confidence to do anything else that's difficult in your life because it is, it, it's constantly hard. It's constant. Like, I think it's important that people like us talk about that because they assume that, you know, you just crave kale and you (laughs) couldn't imagine having ice cream and pizza, but I'm like, I love all the junk food. I'm an overeater. I, I want it all, but when I'm on my game and when I am, you know, being more intentional about that, that that gives me the confidence to make harder decisions in every area, every Mm -hmm. other aspect, because I know that I am capable of doing it on the basics. And if if you've got the foundations covered, then you can build from there. Yep. I couldn't agree more. When my nutrition is not in check, everything else starts to, oh, it's okay if I skip five minutes of my workout to do this or I didn't drink my full gallon, but it's okay. And then it's like, everything starts to go down. Yeah. Once you like make that little crack in like a compromise, then the compromises come everywhere. You start negotiating with every standard that Mm -hmm. you have. And Mm -hmm. it's like the silliest thing. It's like, well, I don't need to go through my whole skincare routine. I won't, I'll cut my workout early. I Mm -hmm. it's, it's literally ripples into everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's the like biggest takeaway I had from doing 75 hard was I realized so quickly that everything else in my life started to be completely disciplined. Like you mentioned with the skincare routine, like when I was on 75 hard, I was not skipping a single part of my day or of my routines because everything was just so 
straightforward and to the T and it it was crazy the ripple effect it had to like even now it's just what I do yeah and it's wild done... because you go ahead Sorry. no you're good <laughs> you just assume that like doing something a program like 75 hard just implementing extra things into your routine you're like I'm not gonna have any other time or any energy to to put towards anything else but it just it like magnifies everything in your life you find more time. You realize all of the pockets of time that you were wasting. You realize how lethargic you were when you weren't eating well or moving mm-hmm. your body consistently. And it like just untaps potential that once you've unlocked that, it's so hard to go back. Mm-hmm. And your standard has, of just your baseline has raised. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that this society is so powered by that of, oh, it's okay to to just take a little break or do this. And like, there's like, yeah, take care of yourself, but it's almost too much now where it's like, oh, you had a long day, skip your workout or it's okay to pick up this for dinner. And then it's just constantly building on that. And then it's a year later and you're like, what happened? Yeah. I think that we're so used and it's like, like you said, it's fed and it's societal that the compromises that we so quickly make with ourselves are the things that need to be held at a non-negotiable. And then the things that we indulge in because we pity ourselves and because we had a long day or because we're tired, those are the things that are going to exacerbate those feelings that you're already drained from. Mm-hmm. And I think that it it's intentional, just like once you get to that, like I said, that perspective of your potential and you have that vantage point of it, then you can easily identify it. But so many people are just like in the weeds of it that it's like, I couldn't possibly start exercising because I'm so tired. And because you're so stressed at work and you're drained, then you're gonna, you know, dive into just that indulgent food and wine and things that are going to make you feel shitty that just like repeat the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I see that every day with the people I work with in person and we talk about that and they're like oh I could just make I need to eat breakfast that's why I'm tired I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah, simple as that. Just yeah just like have go a protein shake out the door like put something in your body please <laughs> and they're like right. oh now I feel better yeah because food is fuel it's not the enemy and so many people think that and it's just it's crazy the even like the different generations. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm young and I work with a lot of people that are older than me and the things that they tell me, I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I hear that for sure. Um, how many times have you done 75 hard? Uh, we've done it three times. Three. I mean, time I've done it with my husband. Yeah. Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway from it the first time that you did it? I think that it was just like that amount of wasted potential. I, in those 75 days, my life completely transformed. And at the first time we did it, it was also when we started it before COVID and then finished it as like everything was shut down and everyone around us was like, it felt like they were in panic mode and they were like anxious and uneasy and depressed over what was happening. And because I was just like, building this mental toughness over time that I was like oddly handling it very well, despite uncertainty at work and everything that comes along with the, that came along with COVID and the pandemic itself. I just like 
Brett and I were good. We, we felt strong. We were going through it. Um, and more than like physically, we just felt mentally tough and like that we would make it through it and come out of it stronger than before. And I think that just like, it's proof that showing up for yourself consistently and keeping promises to yourself truly does build that confidence in yourself and that mental fortitude to, to kind of pull back from your memory bank, because anytime that you come to a a point where you're lacking confidence or you're lacking, um, you know, that, that mental toughness, it's because you are lacking the evidence to prove to yourself, you can do it. But if you consistently show up for 75 days and you have that like memory file that the next time you come up to a, a hard decision or that, um, you know, that discipline that you need to exercise, you have a memory bank to pull from and say, you, you can do it because you've done it this time and this time and this time where it was very exposing. I think just that a lot of people had never consistently shown up for themselves, consistently kept promises to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's, that was the big thing for me too. I feel like there was a lot of backlash with 75 hard, um, on social media when I, I was, I did it a year and a half ago and people were, you know, like, oh, this is so like diet culture or this is really like unhealthy and all this stuff. And people were like, why are you doing that? Like, you're insane. Like, that's crazy. And my little sister is actually on day 75 today and I'm home and oh, that's I'm so talking good. to her and I went for her walk with her outside and I was like, oh, like tomorrow, like, what are we, you know, what are we going to do? And she's like, oh, I'm going to have, I'm going to have my banana pancakes that I've been making because they're so good. And I love them. And I was like, that, like, it just flipped a switch in me. I was like, that is exactly what it's about. You know, she wasn't like, okay, let's get up. Let's go to the bakery. Let's get donuts. Like I'm free. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, I mean, I'm going to, you know, enjoy the day on the lake, but I am not you know, I'm, I'm not itching for that day 76. And that's what people don't understand is like, Oh, what are you going to do when you're done? No, this is who I am now. And it built so many amazing things to build that consistency and discipline with everything else in life. Yeah. And I do think a lot of the backlash, because I hear it all the time as well, like back to when we were talking about just people not being supportive or being, um, you know, just kind of judgmental in your decisions. I think that a lot of the backlash that comes from 75 hard is that people don't want to be exposed to one, their potentials or their downfalls, because when you're, the stakes are high and you have to consistently show up or else you fail the program, then it's very exposing of the things that you're not showing up for and the things that you're letting fall through the cracks. But also if you reach 75 days and you complete that first step in the program, and then you have that new version of you unlocked and there's no way to go back to that point before when you were ignorant, like you can't erase it. And then it's your responsibility to continue showing up that way. And I think a lot of people just like to operate in ignorance, you know, ignorance is bliss. Um, and you don't know what you don't know. So then you don't have to be held accountable to that version of you. Um, so I think a lot of it's just like, it's a cop out. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. I love that people (laughs) that is the definition of today's society is just coasting by with that but yeah unfortunately yeah um so to kind of close out what is a quote or piece of advice or a line or a passage that you live by or that resonates with you 
I have two. Okay. Um, one that I talk to my clients about all the time, and it's just the pa- the time will pass regardless. You know, my workouts are 28 minutes and whether you press play on that workout and do it with me and we get just a little bit better, the time's going to pass regardless. It would also pass if you snoozed or if you were scrolling TikTok or Instagram, but like those, that time passing is not necessarily created equal. It's not spent equally and it's not invested equally. So I think that it's important to understand like what a blessing we have with this time and to use it wisely. And then the other one, I actually have like the last line tattooed on my arm. Um, it's by Lou Corella. Um, and it basically says like, everyone wants to be a part of something special. Um, but no one wants to build anything from the ground up. And it's, uh, he says like, do your best not to waste your God-given talents on contributing to something that's already been built, go build. And I think that that just like lights a fire in me and it makes me excited to, to do something that's never been done before. And kind of going back to like that, that belief in yourself. And I mean, you're, you're only going to find out if you're going to fail. And I want to be sure to know that if I fail, it's because I just wasn't good enough or I didn't have it in me. Not that because I just didn't try. Right. Oh my gosh. I love those. That was <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, that was a perfect way <laughs> to end it off. Oh, good. Um, but where can everybody find you? I am Lexi J wellness on Instagram and TikTok. I'm not super active on TikTok. Um, I probably should be, but Lexi J wellness on Instagram is basically where you'd find me. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I'll leave that all in the show notes. Everyone go give Lexi a follow. If you need help with anything in your life, check her out. Her community is amazing. Um, But other than that, I will see you guys next week.